You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. This is your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers, and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. Sponsored by Dext. Make the businesses you advise more productive, profitable, and powerful with better data and insights. Welcome to the Shamfield team. With us, one of the legends of the accounting and fintech game, it's Randy Johnson. Good day, sir. Well, good day, Rob. It is such a pleasure to be back with you and your listeners again. Randy, we have had you on the show a number of times, and you cover that wonderful gap between people and technology. You talk a lot about strategy to big firms and big vendors, and it encompasses the people in the technology. I'm going to talk today about the new revolution, if you like, artificial intelligence, chat GPT. It's really gathered momentum over the last few months. You're an ideal person to talk about it. Take us back, Randy. How did all of this get started? How did we get to where we are? Well, Rob, I appreciate, uh, I do like walks down memory lanes. You can just look at some of my columns and see like the history of cell phones and the history of wireless because I write that stuff up. And frankly, I've been fortunate enough to be around many of the creators of these things through the years. Uh, In the case of AI, I haven't been around the creator. Boy, I'd like to have met him. Uh, Out of the UK, a guy by the name of Alan Turing, a brilliant computer scientist, which has lots of uh, history. If our listeners have not got background on Alan, they should. But he actually started working with AI in 1950, which I think Rob might predate both of us just a little bit. (laughs) So uh, as it turns out, uh, over time, I have been interested in uh, artificial intelligence, Rob, since the earliest part of my careers. Uh, Most people don't know that I was actually writing computer code starting in about 1961. So I've been doing this a long time but the first computer vision came out in 1963 so you know i know with some of your history on vision and some of mine computer vision uh, being artificially intelligence supported is a big deal and frankly uh, by the time we got to about 1976 as i recall there was some early voice recognition that was taking place so you know a lot of people are thinking this is all current evolution Well, 76, I hate to say that's 50 years ago, right? And so, but, you know, just kind of a a laughable uh, thing that some of our listeners will remember. Microsoft came out with an artificial intelligence-based operating system in 1995. It was called Bob, Microsoft Bob. I don't know if you ever ran Bob, but it was a great operating system and it did some weird stuff. It was almost as bad as Clippy in those days. But, you know, as it turns out, Microsoft was trying to figure this out. Well, if we continue through this journey, neural networks started to get popular in about 2010. So about 15 years ago at this point, and they were being worked on before that. And the neural networks were some of the earliest of the machine learning and artificial intelligence. Now, I won't get too far into the computer science, but machine learning and artificial intelligence are clearly separate fields. And neural networks are one example of these. But the neural networks were used to create the Watson product from IBM. And it's hard to believe, but it's been over 10 years since Watson 
uh, wins on Jeopardy, if our listeners remember that. And it was also in another little neural network product that some of us use, Siri from Apple was released. So 2011. Well, so I just want to keep unfolding this because if you think about the voice recognition on our personal devices, Google Home, Alexa, Siri, and so forth, those are all machine learning types of approaches. But within the last uh, two weeks before recording this session for our listeners, uh, IBM updated Watson with Watson X, and they actually extended this with generative AI. And this has really been the breakthrough because in roughly 2015, the open AI company was formed as a open source artificial intelligence uh, uh, platform. And then by the time we got to about 2019, it was taken private. And that was a little bit of a concern on some of that. But Microsoft made investments of, you know, a billion plus in this consortium. Elon Musk was there. And of course, Elon's going to try to do a separate artificial intelligence. But the open AI company then releases this generative AI product against their wishes, by the way, on November 30th of 2022. Now, what happened is there were several versions of chat GPT. That one was 3.5. So there was a 2.0 and a 1.0 and all those beforehand. But the 3.5 started to get in the wild. It was not supposed to be released, but people who had access to the tool started publishing it. So OpenAI decided, okay, we're just going to officially publish it. And so that uh, tool got updated very quickly from November until uh, roughly March of 2023, and on uh, March 14th of 2023, ChatGPT4 became available. Now, we'll talk with your listeners a little bit about what makes these models different. But here's the net for what all of the hype is around this. These generative AI models use a technology known as a large language model or an LLM. And they basically have crawled the internet to accumulate pretty much everything published, good or bad. And then they use that to tokenize our searches and produce answers. And it is just a big game of statistics is really all that's going on, but it's a very accurate game of statistics. And because these large language models have so much content, it's actually pretty hard to ask things that they don't know with this exception today. The current releases of ChatGPT 3.5 and 4.0 are cut off at September of 2021. So if something happened after September 2021, your search may not quite be accurate, but you can go to Microsoft Bing, which is now incorporating everything current, and get all of the OpenAI ChatGPT features up through that point. So it's a long rant to get the history in there, but that arc makes a lot of difference because generative AI doesn't mean that AI has a conscience. They're not prescient, if you will. They're not complete like we would like to see some of these, but they're a magnificent step in the last two to three years. It's a phenomenal journey. You've just walked us through to how we get to where we are, and it brings us right up to date. I'll end by asking you the future of this and where it's going. You're very good at things like that, but Let's make this relevant for accountants and bookkeepers and accounting professionals, CPAs. Listen, how is it affecting their world? Yeah, and I appreciate the long rant on the history because that is exactly where I want to go next. Um, it is critical in my mind that accountants research and use artificial intelligence. There are absolute risks 
there are absolute benefits. And I want to pull the risk out first because the privacy models of these generative AI tools, and it doesn't matter whether we're talking chat GPT three, five or four or Bard or any of the other. Well, let's see in, in uh, 2022, there were 29 commercial models developed and three university models. So there's dozens and dozens of these tools out there, not just chat that we're kind of focusing on, but chat GPT four takes what you provided and plugs it into the language model too. So in effect, if you put client confidential information in the generative AI models, that becomes part of its indexed engine. So you can't put company confidential information out there like we've seen done with Samsung, where they had designs that were leaked through this methodology. Uh, you can do beautiful things like cash flow statements and projections. So you put in balance sheet and PL and you know, cash flow and say, you know, project this out for two years. Boy, it does a beautiful job of getting that work done. Even though Chat GPT isn't real good with numbers, it will still do those projections. But if it's labeled Rob Brown World Domination Inc., uh, you know, it will identify that and everybody can look up Rob Brown World Domination Inc financial statements that's on track as well i wouldn't want that to get out randy so thank you for that this... I, I thought you'd want to keep those <laughs> uh, things very but you're right to bring up the privacy because accountant cpas they're in the business of risk management aren't they randy so they've got to be super careful they have so many data points so many points of information that their guardians stewards over they've got to be so careful they really do and you know uh, Italy responded on March 31st of 23 by banning chat GPT. And then they opened it again on May 5, once chat had made some modifications, but the EU and uh, many other jurisdictions, Canada and so forth, are still quite concerned about this, rightly so. Now, there was an initiative in an open letter that was issued earlier this year about pausing AI development. And, you know, that's like trying to close Pandora's box in my mind. Uh, I believe that what happened there is companies were caught flat-footed. They wanted a chance to catch up. And so they've taken the, you know, privacy and how do we harness this thing argument as opposed to saying, look, this is a big deal. Yes, it probably does need some regulation around it. But, you know, pausing it doesn't make sense. And frankly, I almost hesitate even as I'm explaining this to your listeners because AI is moving and changing so fast. Things that I say today could be non-factual in, you know, the next 24 hours. So do check my facts carefully as we're talking about this, but this risk management inside ChatGPT is great. And remember, these platforms will make stuff up. That's called hallucinating in the jargon, but, you know, it will give you some great answers. And then if it doesn't know anything more, it'll just start kind of doing babble and uh, you, you got to be able to filter it. So we recognize the threats and the risks to accountants, but there are clearly many benefits as well for accountants doing this. Before we get onto those benefits, I want to ask you generally how AI and chat GPT will adversely affect the profession. We hear of accountants being put out of jobs, the robots taking over. I've heard now that AI can complete the CPA qualification the chartered accountant's qualification, it can pass the bar exam. So are we under threat, Randy? Yeah, that is an interesting question because you are correct. Uh, and it can also pass the medical exam as well. So, you know, when you start thinking about all of the professions being at threat, now it turns out uh, closer to your home in, in uh, Europe, there is actually an AI legal 
piece that's been around for a couple of years trying to, to uh, work this through. However, I think there'll be a difference, Rob, between accountants that use AI and accountants that don't use AI. And I'm going to use myself as a bit of an example here because in my work so far in 2023, I, I do things that you know a lot of people say you shouldn't do. I still keep track of my time with timesheets because I want to cost things. But as it turns out, the work that I've done this year, I'm doing in one quarter of the time of the work in the prior year. Now, you know, I'm not saying my work is great, but I'm doing it, you know, four times faster and with probably higher quality as it comes out. So here's the net. I believe that if you're an accountant, you can start with the generative AI tools to get guidance and then you can apply your expertise to tune it up. So I've done very simple things, Rob, like um, generate the monthly closing steps for QuickBooks. And it just builds them and they're perfect. They're just, and you couldn't do the research because it's a 15 second response and it's actually right. Um, you can do things uh, like uh, explain the mileage rates and how it's applicable in the law in various U.S. states. Or you can do privacy uh, and security in different jurisdictions. So if you're entering an alternate jurisdiction, you can actually get guidance and almost anything. If I'm going to start with a blank piece of paper, I now start with a chat GPT generated AI response and say, okay, that I'll kind of take it from there. But the other thing that I'm going to recommend to all of our listeners is, they, is that they build a model. I've been using a spreadsheet to do it where I tune the AI and treat it like an assistant. And if you do that and you realize that you've got this assistant, but you have to coach it, uh, I actually give it styles of my writing, for example, and tell it that I want a, you know, a 700 word or a thousand word piece and it'll write in my style. And I have some idiosyncrasies in my language. You can hear it in my speech too, that, you know, it just does it and I can't tell it's not me. And the detection tools that say this is AI generated, they don't detect it either. So just begin thinking about what you produce for a client and the manual work to get there and realize that it will all get done by the bloody AI tool. So will it reduce the job, release the job? No, it'll change the job though. And if you're an accountant trying to do this without AI, you're just working hard instead of smart. And we've got you coming up on a future episode, Randy, to talk about CAS, these advisory services. I suppose if there's any sun on the horizon for the accountants with the advent of ChatGPT and AI, it's how it will free them up, hopefully, to be that trusted advisor and to get beyond the numbers and tell the stories behind the data using the analysis and research that ChatGPT can provide. Have I got that about right? You do have that right. And the the results of the analysis are actually pretty stunning. But remember, every once in a while, these tools will hallucinate right now. So these uh, characteristics, by the way, are known as emergent characteristics. And uh, let me think here for a minute, because there is a uh, Google researcher, I believe it is. Uh, actually, I'm just going to see if I can recall that. Uh, quickly. Sorry about stumbling around on this, friends. But the emergent technology or emergent pieces are very, very important on this. So um, uh, about 137, I think, are the current numbers on that at the risk of sounding like it's 
odd, and it's actually OpenAI. So let's attribute it correctly. Jason, Jason Wee, W-E-I, who's a researcher at OpenAI, has counted 137 of these so-called emergent abilities across a variety of these large models. So you start feeding it financial data and ask for prediction. It can do that. You feed it something in a language and ask it to translate it. Even languages that these platforms have not been trained on, they can do. And of course, in the last uh, week or so before our, our time together today, Facebook Meta actually released a language translation piece. Uh, you know, so I, I just look at the various GPT models that have been created too. I expect a accountant GPT model, just like there is, oddly enough, a Bloomberg GPT model already. And there's already a Quran GPT model and a Bible GPT model. And basically what's happening is they are feeding very specific things into these models and getting results. So again, for our accountant listeners, begin thinking about the corpus of knowledge that you have in your firm, the way you do business, the way you make your recommendations, and feed that into the generative AI model so it thinks like Rob Brown world domination accounting firm, you know? Uh, and what happens is it will actually look at the world the way you do. So on advisory, that's exactly what I expect to start happening. If if you can say, in this situation, I would, and can feed that in the model, you teach your assistant here, and it will produce those type of results too. What would you say to accountants, CPAs, busy bookkeepers that are already overloaded, Randy, they're overwhelmed, they're stressed out, tax season just gets longer and longer. And this is just one more thing for them to master, one more thing for them to learn. I've now got to be a chat GPT engineering prompt specialist. I've got to know all about this, this, and this. I'm too busy looking after my clients. I'm overwhelmed. What would you say to them? Yeah, for those, your promise is truly great. A lot <laughs> of the mechanical things that you've been doing, you're now going to have, well, we'll call it a robo assistant, an AI assistant that will actually do a lot of the things that you've been struggling to get done. So, you know, let's take very simple non-AI things like OCR extraction. So if you think about what happens with the likes of DexPrepare or HubDoc or Sage Autotext and so forth, uh, Vic AI and, and on and on, these tools have been trying to automate the transactions and classify them. Just picture for a minute that your AI assistant classifies almost without error all of these things. Uh, there's a tool that's not very popular around the world, but it is more popular here in the U.S. called Uncat that can kind of do that. But now, if I fire this bloody thing with, uh, you know, generative AI technology, all of a sudden, those types of work that you're doing, not not such a big deal. So supercharged. Yeah. So if you begin to think that all of what you'd consider mundane work in tax preparation, mundane work in accountant counting, in bookkeeping and, and controllership type services, I really expect that to be very highly automated. So here's the great, great promise. Maybe we're at the point that automation will finally help us with this staffing shortage that is a global problem. And just for the record, I know of at least one CPA firm here in the U.S. that I trust very much, that I've been around a long time, that is measuring as much as a 10% improvement in productivity. They're a, they're a big firm. They've permitted it. They have some restrictions. They have some rails around it they're seeing a 10% increase in productivity. It's a 600 person firm. So they think they, they are 
60 people better off if you want to use the numbers like that. And again, you heard my numbers. I'm doing things four times faster. It's taking me 25% of the time. So it's like you've got, not quite, but you've got about four Randy Johnstons doing the work now instead of one. Global domination is on track for you, Randy. If you can clone yourself, that that's astonishing. It's great that how you stay so connected to what is going on and stay so relevant with all the things on your plate. I know you consult to a lot of the top firms and vendors. Talk to us about the marketing aspect of artificial intelligence and chat GPT. You've touched on the talent aspect and we're all looking for more capacity. How can we attract better people? But we want to attract better clients, the right kind of work that's going to benefit our firm. How does AI play its role there? Yes. Uh, here, if you know and have defined what you want your client to be, and by the way, you can use ChatGPT to find opportunities for clients, but that's a, that's a separate conversation perhaps. But as recently as yesterday, Rob, I took a firm's basic uh, niche marketing and specialties that they had, fed those items into ChatGPT and asked it to generate a marketing plan. And it did a beautiful 10-step plan. And I had it write um, web pages. Then I had it write promotional literature. Then I had it write social uh, media, social marketing posts. And as it did it, you know, I'd give it a little bit of coaching. No, not quite like that. More like this. And in less than 20 minutes, I had built a plan that in historic times probably would have taken me the better part of two to three days. Okay, two to three days, 20 minutes. Now, was it perfect? No, but was it good enough that I could then apply my expertise to it? Yes. So here's the deal. If you know what you're trying to do and you can summarize it in a paragraph or two, and you maybe already have it on your website, take that text from your website feed it to chat GPT and then coach it just like you would with an assistant. No, not that do this. And you will be able to generate superb starting points for marketing. Now, marketing experts clearly are going to, uh, you know, do little nuances that we as non-marketing experts won't get, but you know how it is when you've picked logos before and, you know, a graphic artist gives you like six choices and you say, not that, this, and so forth. It's the same type of thing. Yeah, the iteration. yeah exactly. And what happened with the plan yesterday, I had a marketing expert online with me and I was generating it in real time with that marketing expert. And she said at the end of it, she said, you know, I feel really threatened now because you've done what in, in 20 minutes would typically would take me as much as a week to do. And she said, it's about as good as what I would do. And that's where it takes us around. It takes us to the very edge of human capability and beyond. And all that's left is the, the people side of it, the relationship side, the emotional side, the trust side, the advocacy side, all of these things where marketers can get behind the emotions and the personalities of a brand in a way that perhaps artificial intelligence can't. An accountant can get behind the complexities of people who are very unpredictable creatures and relationships, which ChatGPT could never do. And that's the hope, isn't it? Yes, it is. And, and actually, that's kind of the next frontier, because today uh, the models were created dominantly by web crawls done between 2016 and 2019. And the intent is to put more of these emotion attributes in there. So this general artificial intelligence 
you know, I've said it was 2030, 2040. I'm actually shortening, shortening my predictions on that because of the breakthroughs here with generative AI. But that is when it will be even harder to discern that you're talking with a real person or whether you're talking with an AI engine. And over the last six months, the ability to speak to these AI models is coming into place and they're able to speak back and you can actually pick voices. And that's why, you know, what I would call uh, deep fakes, which you've heard about over the last two or three years, both images and video, but also voices uh, are a real threat. So again, I, I know that we need some rails. We need some controls around this because all technology can be used for good and bad. But as it turns out, the bad actors are using these for all sorts of bad things. And we as good actors can use them for all sorts of, of good and great things. One of the big super bands in the world are ABBA. There is now an ABBA tour, which are holograms of the original band members in their heyday doing the original songs. And they look like they're actually on the stage performing all of the hits as they were. And they're charging good ticket prices to see this tour worldwide. And do you think this augmented reality or virtual reality, whatever this is, it's a whole new world coming up. So let's finish by asking you, if you cast your mind to the future, what is coming up, particularly in the world of accounting and the fintech industry that supports them? Yeah. And, you know, I think it's fascinating that you use the ABBA example, because I was thinking about the metaverse example out of uh, the UK that I saw just yesterday. Okay. We were teaching students and Yes, the metaverse was the really hot thing before generative AI came along, and metaverse is still going to come along. So, just describe metaverse for people that are not familiar with that, Randy. Oh, uh, very good. Metaverse is a combination of typically 3D reality um, that you can use to build digital twins, a digital model of reality, and then you can apply. Uh, immersive techniques. So in many cases today, that includes goggles, but that is going to also have projections and so forth. You know, Rob, that is such a big topic. We could spend two or three sessions on it, but your, your uh, allusion to it there is actually where I think this is going. A combination of immersiveness that is so real that you can't tell it's not the real deal combined with AI, you literally will um, interact with closest friends and family from afar. You know, today we've got flat video conferencing, if you want to think of it with the Zoom and Teams and all that stuff. But now take it to 3D projected reality. And like has been done here in the uh, US, and it's actually been uh, done some globally, if you just think about the Holocaust and some of the recordings that have been done with, you know, the Holocaust survivors, you actually are playing AI and they're talking about their experience, but it's so real, you're going back in time uh, that way. So I think AI will model the past and it will help you imagine the future. And to me, that's what AI has done for me in the last oh, year or more, even though I wrote AI back in 1976 personally, because uh, I was using Lisp at the time. So I've followed this doggone stuff a long time, but here, Instead of me starting with a blank piece of paper, I'm now saying, what about? And then I let AI become kind of my bouncing, uh, you know, bounce the ideas off it. And I get so much better results more rapidly. Now, the one thing I worry about is that it 
narrows my thinking too quickly because I've taught people for years, you're still sometimes better off just sketching on a piece of paper, a yellow pad, white pad, whatever, and getting some ideas generated that way, just like we've talked about business models in the past uh, while, Rob. Uh, some of those things, these models won't do for you. But if you have to produce a result, man, it's so much quicker to not start with a blank piece of paper. You're hopeful, Randy, aren't you? You're excited. You, we can see it in your face and your voice. You know, I am so pleased about this thing finally coming of age. I absolutely understand the threats. Uh, many, many more that we haven't talked about, like hacking and you know, social engineering and so forth. But so many things that can be done for the good. And, you know, I always want to see people use technology in the way that they want to have it benefit them the most. And I can't even imagine all the benefits that are possible now with the new AI models for yourself and for your clients. Randy Johnson, that's been excellent. We will check in with you later in the year when the whole game will have changed and we'll be so much further on and you'll be able to report back then. But for now, thanks so much for your passion and your insights. That's incredible. Thanks, Rob. Great to be with you again and all your listeners. Talk to you again. You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. Sponsored by Advanced Track, helping you as an accountant confidently choose between outsourcing and offshoring. Sponsored.